This is the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. As the director of a life coach training program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve the skills and the industry. Learn more about our program at teamclcc.com. And here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. Today, I'm the host of the podcast, but I'm going to be integrating in the voices. Well, not the voices, I suppose, but the input of several other people. Who are these several other people? Well, they are just some of the graduates from our Courageous Living Coach Certification, which you can learn more about at teamclcc.com, as it says in the intro. These are some suggestions for favorite coaching exercises that are coming from our 2020 graduates. For most of our Courageous Living Coach certification trainees, there is no prior coaching experience for the majority of them. There, there's like a draw to the idea that you would have a career that's about helping and supporting people that feels really fulfilling. Um, I often hear whenever we're reviewing applications, people talking about being somewhat obsessed with what is it that helps people to live a good life? What is it that are the, what are those beautiful questions that remain to be uncovered? What is it that will result in living your most courageous life? How can we move through the things that get in the way? And most of our trainees, having never done any coaching prior to starting our program, I mean, I look at that and I, I go, it's pretty freaking amazing that going from January until the fall, uh, after that time, people are working with clients and earning money as coaches and coming up with coaching exercises to bring to clients. And anyway, so I wanted to celebrate all of them. And so I posted in our private CLCC network that I would really love to hear about some of the exercises that they have used with clients and that they love. And for all of these exercises, while they could be adapted to be client practices, we're considering them to be exercises. And in CLCC, we differentiate between exercises and practices as as follows. Um, Exercises are done during a session with a client in real time. Practices are what clients do between sessions. And it's not that they can't be both. So for instance, a visualization exercise could be done as an exercise live on the call, and then a client could take that on as a practice between calls to further the work that's happening in a session. But specifically, I wanted to ask about exercises, on-call work. Now, our graduates also go in many different directions with coaching, and it isn't always personal coaching. Sometimes people want to coach around businesses, or sometimes people want to specifically coach moms, or... You know, sometimes people want to go into executive coaching, all all sorts of different options that are out there. So I'm going to start today with an exercise from Elissa Kennedy, E-L-I-S-S-A Kennedy, Alyssa Kennedy. And she shared an exercise that she uses with clients around creating a vision for their business. So this is kind of exciting because many of the coaches who are listening to the Craft of Coaching podcast are going to be 
coming up with a vision for their business. So um, you might actually want to sit down with a piece of paper and do this yourself, or of course, try it out with a client. So um, here's what she says. I have an exercise I use with clients around vision for their business that's an abbreviated abbreviated exercise that is also a practice they can spend more time on between calls. It helps them uncover a hidden vision for their business. I call it a word map. First, I coach them through a grounding exercise. Great. I, I love it when coaches start with presence, not just question and answer. This is like my little moment to interject in Alyssa's exercise here. So first I go, I coach them through a grounding exercise and then guide them to free write for two minutes. Any words they love, words or phrases that describe them, what they want to feel or provide. I set a timer for two minutes. They just go. After we discuss the list, And I prompt them to uncover surprises. And we usually end up with a rich discussion of what they want to offer with their business. And Alyssa adds, it's fun to hear them light up and get excited about possibilities. Love it, right? How, how, how beautiful is that? Typically when we think, okay, well, well, what, what's your vision for your business? It's very metrics, very formal, very rigid. I want to have this many clients. I want to do this work. I want to have this sort of scalability. And this is such a authentic way to step into what you truly want for your business. So thank you, Alyssa, for sharing that. And many, many people shared, and I'm, I'm only taking just a few of the options from what people have shared. And I actually intend to later do maybe like a part two, something like that with these exercises. So favorite coaching exercises. Here's another one. This one is from Marybeth Thomas. Marybeth is spelled M-A-R-I, not a Y, but I, M-A-R-I-B-E-T-H, Marybeth Thomas. So here's what she says. Clients sometimes have two ends of the spectrum as far as how they feel and how they want to feel. For example, how they feel, as in currently probably, overwhelmed, how they want to feel, accomplished. So we sit in overwhelm with the client. She's sitting in the overwhelm with the client and allow whatever sensations come, somatic and or emotions. We then do a little shimmy and shake as well as take a few deep breaths to release the energy of overwhelm. Then we repeat that process, but with the word or how they want to feel accomplished. So sitting in accomplished and allowing whatever sensations come. And then we compare the two. What came up for the client? What feels different? What, if anything, is the feeling that is in between? There are usually some gems or new discoveries that come from this exercise. Thank you, Mary Beth. Love it. Sounds great. I mean, you you could apply this to your personal life right now. Like, what's a way that you've been feeling that hasn't been so great? And how do you want to feel? And try spending some time sitting in one, allowing what is going to come up, because it's there anyway, to go ahead and come up, then spend some time sitting in the other, and then comparing the two. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. Um, For the next exercise I'll bring in, um, I'm going to bring in an exercise from Jocelyn Ayung. And Jocelyn is spelled J-O-C-E-L-Y-N. Ayung is spelled A U Y. E-U-N-G. 
And when I said earlier that people emerge from our program, coaching in many different directions, Jocelyn coaches teachers, which is fantastic. I mean, my goodness, teachers need coaching, not because they're doing their jobs poorly, but because they need support. Teachers need, it's, it's, I, I mean, I used to be a classroom teacher. It can be very discouraging. So when Jocelyn arrived at a place in our program where she said, I want to specifically be a coach for teachers, I was like, yes, this is, this is just so needed in the world. Here's what Jocelyn says. One exercise that I love to do because it really relates to my teacher clients is role-playing where I ask them, Imagine that one of your students was in front of you right now and they were experiencing the same thing you are. What would you offer to them? Oh my gosh. Talk about some beautiful heart-centered work between, between teachers and students to connect them even more. Then I'd mirror back what they shared and then I'd ask, now imagine that student you were just talking to was you. How do those words you said feel for you? And the responses that come out of this exercise have been so amazing and an eye-opener for my clients. And Jocelyn added, I just get chills every time. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Oh my goodness. Another exercise that I'll bring into today's podcast episode comes from Morgan Dolgano. Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N. Dolgano, D-O-L-G-I-N-O-W. She writes, one exercise I like to use is for clients that feel that they are lacking motivation are, or are updating the outdated pattern of delaying commitments to themselves over others. The client is invited to remember the experience of a time when they felt motivated and in the flow of doing something they want to accomplish. Then, They're asked to choose a part of their body that they don't often touch, such as their thumb to the middle section of their ring finger. To create a mind-body connection with this spot and their feeling of motivation, the client is asked to imagine themselves in the past, how it felt. Then they touch the same spot and step through the past memory into the future instance of what they want to experience. And everybody, I think this is a great visual either by ripping a spot in space to step through or seeing a portal of color to move through. In this future experience, they are invited to explore in detail with their five senses what it will be like when they are feeling motivated and committed. And then they are invited to step back into the present. I And I don't know if Everyone listening is necessarily hearing this, so I want to point out a couple of things. There are so many coaching skills embedded in this. There's so much that has to do with getting present. There's so much that has to do with clarifying what it is the client wants. There's so much that has to do with using the coaching environment as a place to get experiential. There can be such a stereotype that coaching is just this place where like it's like chatting with a friend and they ask you a couple questions. No, coaching work is very, very active. If you are feeling stuck in your life and you are on the phone with someone like Morgan receiving coaching where you're doing an active experiential exercise, stepping into ways of being and feeling that you want to step into, you are practicing what it's going to be like to get there. 
And the more you're practicing what it's going to be like to get there, the closer you actually end up getting there. (laughs) It is a very active process to be coached. All right, here's another exercise. This one from Kim Romaine. Kim, K-I-M, Romaine, R-O-M-A-I-N. Kim writes, I have found working somatically with clients, especially around tone and vocal quality, has been really powerful. It is especially powerful when I share back words I've heard the client say that appear to be keeping the client stuck. But I'll have the client say those words in a variety of tones to elicit somatic responses that allow the client to further explore the stories behind what they hear themselves saying. So to give an example of what that is, if um, maybe the if Kim was coaching me and she noticed that I kept saying the you know a phrase like well you know I'm worried I'm going to be a diva, she might take the word diva and have me say the word diva from a place of like diva like it's a bad thing, and then she might have me say the word diva like uh, like it's a good thing like diva. Like, this is a good thing to be a diva. You got to be a bit of a diva. Embrace your diva. So it's taking these words and having clients say them in different ways that can have the client actually experiment a little bit with how they're feeling in relationship to those words. And it can deprogram them a little bit. Actually, confession. I had a coaching session with someone in which I actually said the phrase, I'm worried that I'm going to come across as a diva. And the coach had me play with that word a little bit. And it was a really, really powerful session because what I started to realize was how much power I was giving to this word. And exactly as Kim is describing, there's this place where you can look at the stories you carry behind what it means to be a diva or bossy or, um, you know, too passive or, you know, whatever word it is that the client is attaching to. Here's an exercise from Sarah Dole. Sarah is spelled S-A-R-A, so there's no H at the end. Dole is spelled D-O-E-L-L. Sarah writes, this exercise is a simple one. When a client is stuck between two things, like writing the book versus not writing the book, I have them do a one-minute timed brain dump for both scenarios. An example, one minute on what is stopping them from writing the book and one minute on what the ideal outcome would be. And then we spend time discussing both lists as they read them back to me. We see what comes up. It goes in many ways. Sometimes it reaffirms something they thought. Sometimes something new comes up that they didn't realize. The timed part is important because it helps get their thoughts out quickly without overthinking. Ah, what a great exercise for a client who tends to take two different scenarios and find justifications that are equal for both and then find themselves stuck and unable to land where they want to land. A brain dump, a timed exercise, two different exercises. And I will also point out that another thing I love about all the exercises I've read thus far is that they all keep coming back to a recognition of where people are and a recognition of where they want to be. And I think that in coaching, there is often a tendency to rush to where we want to be instead of acknowledging that there's where we are, which might kind of suck, 
or there's a messy middle, like a transitional place that we are in. And there's another episode of the Craft of Coaching podcast this season on helping clients with those messy middle places and how there's value in the messy middle. In essence, how can we encompass the totality of a client experience, the ultimate and total humanity of what a client is walking through? That's what is really happening in these sorts of exercises. All right, for today, I'm going to do one more. And like I said, I hope to come back and do more, you know, part two, part three, favorite coaching exercises for clients. It can be a lot of fun to uh, think about how you'll bring these into your own client sessions. So the last one for today will come from Amber Tippett. Amber is spelled the usual way, A-M-B-E-R, and Tippett is T-I-P-P-I-T. Amber writes, my favorite exercise for a client that is overwhelmed or stressed is to do a visualization. We find out where the client's favorite place in nature is, mountains, beach, woods, waterfall. During this visualization, we walk through what they see, hear, smell, feel in that scene. As they move closer to the water or into the woods, I walk them through releasing or letting go of the stress they are feeling in the present with each step taken. I then have them, in the visualization, pick up a rock or a shell or some other object, hold it in their hand to send all the frustration, anger, heaviness they are feeling into that item. Once they have finished, I have the client throw the item into the elements, releasing the energy into the earth. I then have them relax further through breathing exercises and fill themselves back up with light and love, and then we come back into the present. Talk about a powerful exercise. I mean, this is another thing that I really love about the power of coaching and its ability to help people metabolize emotion. It's these emotions that we feel, the stress, the anxiety, the frustration, the worry, the anger, all the sadness, all of this, they are not bad. We don't want to pathologize them. They are sending us signals that are very valuable. But we also don't want those emotions to be running our lives either. When we can find ways to metabolize emotions, to actually process through emotions, that's when we can take whatever they're trying to share with us as a a signal that gives us information about our lives. And we can really be fully in our human experience, not pushing any part of our human experience away. We can't push away frustration that's an exhaustion. <laughs> it, it's similar to what I say about fear. You can spend a lot of time trying to outrun your fear and it's just exhausting. It's so much more um, authentic of a life experience, so much more encompassing to just go ahead and say, okay, yeah, I'm afraid. Let me now deal with the fear. But of course you don't want the fear to run your life. So let me process through the fear in some way. And goodness knows there are so many things that people get caught in their stress around what a beautiful thing to be on a coaching call with someone like Amber and to be able to say to a client, here is, you know, here's an exercise that we could do here on the call to metabolize some of this stress. And when we have more ways to metabolize the stress that we feel, then we can get to clearer thinking. The stress is no longer hijacking our brain. So all of these are brilliant and beautiful exercises that can be used with clients. So my suggestion for a practical application 
um, if you want to try out exercises like this, um, would be first find a peer coach that you can practice this with. So make an agreement with a peer coach and say, okay, can we swap a session? I've got a couple exercises I'd like to try with you. Um, making that kind of agreement is really helpful because then that peer coach can practice self-care and not bring to you, you know, the hardest thing that they've ever gone through because they're going to be aware that you're trying out some practices that are new. So there could be some stumbles and then record the session, of course, with client permission, listen to the session later. And then most exercises, I think just need a little help with transitions. Once the exercise is actually going, things tend to go pretty well. It's the transitioning into the exercise, transitioning through any spaces where the client gets stuck and transitioning out of the exercise that most coaches tend to find to be very awkward. So if you have that experience of swapping a peer session with another coach, trying out exercises, listening back to yourself, which can be an exercise in vulnerability in and of itself, and then asking yourself, okay, where were the places where I need a little smoother transition over this aspect of how the exercise went, then you'll feel more confident about using it with non-coach clients of yours who um, are going to really benefit from this additional work that you do. The other thing that I think is really important about knowing what people's favorite coaching exercises are or having an attuned mind to the idea of integrating other people's exercises into your work, trying it out, is that it really helps to keep the coaching work fresh. You, you're not going to have the same experience with the same exercise with two different clients. Two different clients can go in totally different directions. But when you have the new exercises, it gets you out of a rut. It keeps you from just relying on the same old tools and it keeps the work exciting and new. You get the coaching high every single time. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, ah, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.